Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. focused passion. In the book of Jeremiah, everybody knows Jeremiah 29 11. You know, everybody, I mean, man, if you worth your salt, you can preach on that. And, 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 and everybody's read it, everybody's heard it. You know, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, the, the, the New American Standard Version says, plans for welfare. Not, I, don't, I don't think he was talking about welfare. Because if that's the case, I'm, I'm not receiving that promise, Lord. Well, plans of welfare and not for calamity. So now you know the, the, what he was talking about. To give you a future and a hope. Then, we, but we leave out verse 12 and 13. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Just let that sink in. I'm going to come to God, and I'm going to pray, and He's going to listen to what I'm saying. He's going to listen to the prayer of my heart. And then He said in verse 13, where I want to get to, is you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I, through this COVID thing, I don't know, maybe it's the isolation, maybe it's, it's, it's the, you know, uh, calamity will do one of two things to you. It will push you away from God or push you toward God. It will either push you away from God or you'll, or, or you'll get, you know, uh, uh, the Lord spoke to Justin one day and, and some things that had happened. And he said, you know, Pastor, I, I feel like as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me about you. I said, what did he say? He goes, well, I think the Lord said that this, he's allowed this to make you mad. I go, mission accomplished. Because he knows sometimes you got to get mad in order to get ready to fight. Come on now. Sometimes you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, I, I, I remember, and, and you know, this, this young man, and uh, if you're watching tonight, I'm sorry, but this man, this, this young man, when we were in high school, narked on me because I, I skipped school. And he told somebody that I'd skipped school. And so the next day, I'm wanting to fight him. And he was not a fighter. He wasn't a lover either. But anyway, he wasn't a fighter. But I provoked him enough that if you provoke someone enough, even if they don't know how to fight, they're going to give you all they know how to do. And I know it wasn't enough. But he surprised me because before I knew it, he had jumped up and slapped me upside my head. And to the point that it turned my head. But then I caught his hand and beat the fire out of him. But anyway, that's not a good story of what I'm trying to. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes you push people enough and they fight back. The ultimate fulfillment of our God-given passions will be fulfilled and can only be fulfilled in eternity. All right? Let me go ahead and say that. 
that you're not going to get all of your, your God-given passion. Man, you're going to be ecstatic in heaven, right? Because the Bible tells us that in heaven that there will be a perfect world. We will be the perfect uh, perfect example or the per- perfect us. We will be the perfect of ourselves. There will be perfect love accomplished perfectly for our purpose. And I can't wait, but it's time to come back to, back to earth. Because I know everything's going to be all right there. And I know that I'm going to have purpose and passion there. But what about here? Because yes, it's true. For the child of God, the best is yet to come. And although we cannot live perfect lives in a perfect world, we still are commanded to be fruitful and multiply. In an imperfect world. Now I know some of you are thinking, well I have my kids. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about reproducing yourself in the, in the world of the Spirit. I'm talking about reproducing, mentoring, and, and, and winning people to, to, to Christ. And as you do, you're, you're multiplying yourself. We should live though with a passion for the, for the, uh, for the world to come. But we should live out our faith with passion in the world that we're in. How many of you have met Christians and all they talk about is heaven? And I, 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 I'm wanting to go to heaven. Lord, if you're taking up a load tonight, I'm not in. I'm not in for that. But I'm, I'm ready for heaven. And I, and I know heaven's going to be awesome. But that's what I want to talk about, though, is passion. And I got a couple of one-liners for you about passion that I feel like are true. That skills are cheap, but passion is priceless. I can teach you a skill, but I cannot give you passion. In whatever job that you're in, I want you to understand that. Skills are cheap, but passion is priceless. I would rather have somebody with passion that I can teach instead of somebody who can do it with no passion. Amen. You know, I, I, we were, we, you know, of course, we're we're in the market. We're we're. Let, let me let me be careful. We're in the market for a worship pastor, uh, but we're not actively. What I'm saying is, I'm not beating down every door. You know, I'm just letting the Lord do what He wants to do, because we want God to do what He wants to do. We want it to be His will, right? But there was one guy that was that was interested in. In, in being an, in our worship pastor, and, uh, and I was in another service with him, and I watched him during worship, and this was his worship. I'm like, no. All right. Well, and you're not the guy for the job either. But that's what I was looking, you know, that's what I was looking at. Man, I want somebody that can worship not just to their own music or when they're on stage. I don't worship because I'm on. I worship because I'm a child of God. I worship because of what He's done in my life. I worship because of who He is. I know what God has done to me. I know what God is doing through me. And that's the reason I worship. I worship because He is worthy to be praised. Now listen to this. The most successful people follow passion, not paychecks. And that's why you make money, but you're unhappy. 
That's why you have a career, but you are not happy and your life is falling apart. You've got to have some passion. Allow your passion to become your purpose and it will one day become your profession. I think that's my next one, Charlie. Allow your passion to become your purpose and it will one day become your profession. You know, I, I wasn't the pastor. I, have an, I was a pastor before I was the pastor. Did you hear that? I can't help it. Sometimes I try to help it. I don't want to always be the pastor. And, and I always go back to this. There are several, several instances, but this one thing I, I'll share with you. At, at George and Rod, and George is a woman, George and Rod's uh, um, uh, uh, 25th wedding anniversary, they renewed their vows, and I had the privilege of, of helping in that situation. And, and, and so I was at a table full of my family, and, and, and uh, we had assigned seats. But there was one couple that went to school with Rod in, in the third grade. They were there, and the people that was at their table, nobody, nobody was there. So I'm over here minding my business, but I keep looking at that couple. And matter of fact, my daughter said, Dad, can you just not be the pastor today? I go, I can't help it. It's who I am. So I walked over to a, a table of our church members and go, hey, guys, y'all got, a, y'all got a couple of seats empty. Would you invite that couple to come and be a part of your table so they won't be alone? And they go, yeah, Pastor, no problem. And so they did. And then they come back over to me and said, Pastor, we invited, but they wanted to stay by themselves. I said, okay, that's all you can do. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can't put salt in his oats. <laughs> and I said, okay. But by the end of the night, they had joined the, the table of, of our church. And why are you telling us that, Pastor? Because you're all that in a bag of chips? No. I'm just telling you that some that's my passion. My passion is to help the hurting. My passion is to make you feel included. My passion is for you to, to try to make you feel loved because that's what Jesus did, right? And so your passion, and that passion was there long before I got paid for my, for my passion. And so you, you, if you will understand that your passion... If your passion will become your purpose, then it will one day become your profession. Everyone, this is another one, everyone that accomplishes any success on any level must have passion. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a little bit of that. Now, I, I didn't say look at your neighbor and tell them I want passion with you. That's a completely different scenario. There was a there was a there was an old guy in my dad's church, and and, and this, there was a these two the, uh, a man and a woman. She was married, but that I'm, and I don't I don't think you need to do this. But they were driving together to church, and uh, they stopped. And one of them got up and gave a testimony, and it was the man. And he goes, "There was a woman that was broke down, and we just stopped and had passion with her." And the other woman stood up and said, "No, no, so compassion, compassion on her." Amen. So. I won't call his name. But, uh, but everything that is accomplished must have a level of passion, whether that's in the world or whether that is spiritually. Now, did you hear that? Whether it's the world or spiritual, it's got to come with passion. Well, that leads us to point one. What is passion? What is passion? Well, 
Passion is an intense driving motivation, desire, interest, or inclination. We'll say it again. Passion is a dry, intense driving motivation, desire, interest, or inclination. When you get excited about it, I, you know, one of our, uh, matter of fact, Sister Caps' son-in-law, which was one of our associates at one time, Ken Lee, he was passionate about show chickens. Show chickens. Now, I didn't share that passion with him. I said, can you fry them up? I can get passionate about some fried chicken, but not show chickens. I mean, it was the funniest thing. And some of these chickens were $150 for a chicken. Does it do tricks? Does the chicken come when you call it? Can the chicken lay down beside you and get you warm? I I don't know, man. But that wasn't my passion, but that was his passion. And for this guy, for Kenley, his passion changed about every five years. Right? So, and, and sometimes I didn't have a passion for motorcycles until 2012 or about 11. And then I bought one in 2012 and I've been passionate about it ever since. You know, what, are, what is passion? That's what, here's what passion is. Give me the next one. Passion is, it is living with vision. That's what passion is, living with vision. The Bible said my people perish for a lack of vision. Because vision is the construct of what you're doing. The, what one translation says, without a vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint and run wild. And that's why we do what we do is because of vision. But if you're, if you're not passionate about your vision, and I'm not talking about sight. I'm talking about what God is calling you and gifted you to do. Let me share with you and inform you that you and I live in a constant state of warfare over the focus of our passion. And now, now I'm getting to the crux. Because we've got passion. You, you, some people are not passionate about church or God. But everybody's passionate about something. You just got to find out what it is. You talk to somebody long enough. It will. Some of I'm passionate about my grandkids. I'm passionate about my kids. I'm passionate about my, I'm passionate about my wife. How you doing? You know, and, and, and when I do premarital counseling and I talk about, it, you know, about, I, I get into it. I go, well, how's the passion in your lives? Not too much because you ain't married yet. And if they go, oh, we don't have any problems. I go, oh, then you got a problem. You know, there should be a problem of staying chase before you get married. Because if there ain't some passion... You need to think about that, right? Because I always ask, what are you doing now that you're in this relationship as an engaged couple to stay pure? Ah. This one guy said, well, we're not doing anything. We gave in to it. I said, that's sin. Right? So what are you doing? And so you got to ask those questions. But if there isn't passion there, your marriage won't work. And let me tell you something, married couples, if, you're, if you don't have passion in your marriage, you need to cultivate that passion to get it back. How do you do that? Well, so what, I don't know why I'm on this. One of the ways is do what you used to do. Right? 
My, my wife said, baby, I, I, want, I, I, want, I, I want to feel like I'm six again. So I took her on roller coasters till she threw up. Now that was the other way around. It was took me on roller coasters, but I threw up. Woo, I almost I almost did throw. I was laying on I was laying on the ground, y'all, in, in the middle of bush gardens. People having to walk around me. I said, I don't even care. Y'all walk around me. Because if I hold my head up, I'm gone. I'm I'm gone. Woo, Jesus. And I told Jesus, Jesus, I'll never do this again. Lord Jesus. Oh God. I was white as a sheet, man. I'm telling y'all. My we left, we I did like I did three or four. I think I did four. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to say I did four. You lying. I didn't do three. I did four. I did four roller coasters, and I'm done. After the first one, my, that's what my daughter wanted for her birthday a couple of years ago, for the family to go to, go to Bush Gardens and ride roller coasters. And I rode the one. I was like, whoo. Then we rode another. Then we rode one that went around like this. I was like, like I'm done. All right? Passion. My daughter's passionate about that. I'm not passionate about that anymore. But what the devil wants to do, you see, there's passion in this world, but there's a war against, uh, between what you focus that passion on. Some guys passionate about hunting. Nothing wrong with hunting. Some guys are passionate about, about golf. David, David Blackshear plays golf almost every day of his life. If, if he ain't, he's in the hospital sick or traveling. Right. That some people are, you know, uh, you got people who are passionate about shopping. <laughs> passionate about purses. Passionate about shoes. Passionate about clothes. <laughs> passionate. I mean, you know, what are you passionate? You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a passion. I, I met, where, oh, she ain't here tonight. But I met a woman who's passionate. She's made 18 quilts this year. They're incredibly beautiful. Two of them were California kings. They're incredible. I saw them a couple uh, last week. They were incredible. So, but the devil wants to do, I'm just going to give you the first point. The devil wants to do two things to your passion. All right? The first thing he wants to do, I think is my next one, he wants to kill your passion. He wants to kill your passion. Because if he can do this, you know what the result of no passion is depression. The lack or no passion is depression. Have you ever met somebody that they don't want to do anything? They're just like a bump on a log, a bump on a pickle. They just sit there, they don't want to do anything. And usually what happens is depression comes in. Because the less that you do, the more you don't want to do, right? You just sit there, don't do nothing. You got to get passionate about something. I know people are like, man, I, my passion is just, you know, manicuring my yard, but I've already done that, so I don't have anything else to do. My, come to my house. I hate yard work. Amen. So what is your passion? But you got to get it. The devil wants to kill your passion. And with, with the lack of passion, it is a result of depression. And this can lead to not always a sudden death, but suicide. But it can also lead for a long period of suicide as not taking care of yourself. Living dangerously. Over-medicating. Listen to me. I believe in medication. 
If you need medication, take medication. If you need medication to stay in your right mind, you need to take medication to stay in your right mind. However, sometimes we over-medicate because we want the doctor to treat the symptom, but we don't want the cure. I need a loan. Why? Because you didn't, you didn't handle your money right. So the loan, and, and everybody periodically needs a loan. I mean, I had to get a loan for my house and my car or whatever. But, but sometimes, can you loan me 20? And what you're saying is I have a symptom of not being on pace with my paycheck, but a cure is managing your money well. And treating the symptom is easier than trying to cure. Amen. Right? I got high blood pressure. I need some stronger dose of my medication. I don't have high blood pressure. I'm just kidding. I'm buying the devil in the name of Jesus. But that's what we do, right? I just need a stronger dose. And sometimes you do, it ain't nothing you can do, and diabetes and all those things, and all those diseases are real, and you need to, and again, you need to do it. But what are you doing? Are you just treating the symptom instead of looking for the cure? Not resting. My wife's pointing up here. Or resting too much. We call that lazy in the South. But anyway, you know what laziness is? Lazy is resting when you're not tired. Woo, you better preach, preacher. I believe I will. Man, I ain't getting no help up in here. How about this? How about we're talking about what is passion and how the devil wants to kill, uh, wants to do two things. And we, the first one is kill your passion. What about this? A spirit of self-destruction. That every time you get in a relationship, every time that you get something done, the enemy comes in and you self-destruct. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You got to know what the vision is. Always remember that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So if he can't bring death to your vision, he goes to plan B, which is the second part, and he wants to refocus your passion. Should have been white up there probably because whatever. He wants to refocus your passion. Because every child of God is born, when you are born again, you get passion. The enemy wants your passion focused away from God. So if he can't kill it, he'll refocus it. He'll refocus it so that you start missing your time with God. He'll refocus your passion so you'll start missing church. He'll refocus your passion so you'll stop spending time with God. And, and, and if you're going, and which I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you're going to have any kind of passion, you've got to stay connected to the most passionate person I know, which is Jesus Christ. He's passionate, so much passion about you that he died for you. Now that's passion. That's passion. His bait of refocus is the things of this world. And now, now hear me this, hear this. When the devil can't stop something, he speeds it up. You know, and, and I think about this, I don't know why I'm talking about my, my BC days, 
But there was this one guy, and the guy, his name was Ricky, I cannot remember. But he and I got into a fight in high school. And he was one of those guys that was crazy. And I didn't know that before I started fighting. Because, you know, you don't ever fight somebody crazy. Don't ever do that. And, and he was ugly. Now, what's that got to do with anything? He didn't care what you did to his face. So he started, we started scrapping. And I'm telling you, I clocked him with my best right. Not once, but three to four times. And all it did was turn his head. And he was like something possessed. I'd hit him. And he'd turn his head. And still come out. And then about the third or fourth time, he was backing me up to this brick wall. And he kept coming. So I sped him up. I reached and grabbed him because he was already coming and used his weight against him and ran him head first into that wall. Well, guess what? He stopped. But it wasn't that he stopped. I just sped up his progress. And what you got to understand, when the devil cannot stop you, he'll speed up the process. Because by the time I grabbed his shirt and the back of his britches and began to pull him forward, he didn't even know what was going on. He lost focus of his track, of his trajectory. He lost focus. Hear me, church. That when, the, when you, if, if you're not careful, God will start blessing you and you get your eye on the blessing instead of the blesser. Because God does, you, you, you start doing something. I, I had a guy, and I've shared this many times. A guy bought a, when I met them, their, 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 their life was a wreck. Their family was a wreck. Their finances were a wreck. They came to church for a little while, and for quite a while. And then they bought a house. Finally bought, oh, we praise God with them. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Next thing I know, he come to me and goes, Pastor, or he had started missing Sundays. And I called him. We, were, we were, had a close enough relationship. I called him and said, hey, man, where you been? He goes, Pastor. He said, you know, man, God gave me this house. I said, I know it, man. I'm so happy. I'm so proud for you. He goes, the only day I got time to take care of this house is Sunday. Really? So, yeah, I mean, God, it would be a shame for me to let the yard go because God gave me this house. I got to take care of it. Well, I want you to know that now it's been 12, 15 years that he's been out of church. And guess what? Now he's been out of church and then he slowly started dipping. Then he started drinking. Are you listening to me? There's another guy in my first church, Bluntstown. He, he was the same way. He, we kept praying and we'd pray for him a better job. The next thing you know, he got a better job. Oh, God, be the glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then he bought a boat. Oh, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then he started missing Sundays because he was on the boat. Are you getting this? Nothing wrong with going on the boat. Nothing wrong with these things. However, if you are not careful, what the devil can stop, he speeds up. And then he, and then he, and then he came to me and told me. Here's another little story. And then you know he was tithing at his other job. Then he got this new job. Then he got the new boat. Got himself overextended and said, "I, I can't afford to tithe." I said, well, let me, let me pray with you. 
And I grabbed his hand. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, just Lord, take him back to where he used to be. Lord, just, just, just make him poor enough where he can tithe again. He pulled his hand back. He goes, what are you doing? I go, well, apparently you can't tithe in this new position, so let's take you back where you can be obedient unto God. He didn't like that. I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. But that's the kind of guy I am. But, but under, you understand, what the devil can stop, he accelerates. But God wants you to have holy passion. Holy passion. Going after him. Going deeper after him. Holy passion. And some of us not sure if we want that kind of passion because we're not sure what it's going to cost us. But my goodness, the rewards far outweigh what it quote-unquote costs you. You know, I'm not going to call their names, but I remember when somebody in this church sitting here now had passions, but it wasn't holy passion. And then God gave them holy passion, and they become radical and make other people uncomfortable. Because they used to care about what people thought about them and their status. But you come to a place in your life that the status, that the status does not hold you when the midnight hour comes. And when there comes a place in your life that that you know it's amazing that the same people who tell you not to get radical about religion or church have no problem with you being a drunk if i'm going to be a if i'm going to be a drunk i would rather be drunk on the holy ghost than any other pill or alcohol that there is y'all get this I'm not sure if I'm getting, I'm not sure if I'm giving it to you right here. All right. Glory. Where am I at? I'm trying to find myself now. So, to have God holy passion is to have our mind stayed on Him. Now, you know, that, and I'm not talking about. You know, that you can't talk about anything else other than God. That's not holy passion. That's, a lot of times it's religion. You know, that all you can talk about is, you know, every time you get around church people, you just got to be all religious and spiritual. I, I, don't, I, don't do, I don't do well with that. Because I'm a regular guy. Right? I'm a regular guy. And, and to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Listen, I... I love, my, my wife was up here singing, for those of you who don't know her, of course, and she's in the back now over here. And I love that little woman. I'm telling you, she is my everything, man. I mean, I'm telling you. However, I told her a long time ago, if you want to go to hell, you're going to hell by yourself. Because I'm, I'm going to heaven. And here's the other side. Just because I love her, and I want to give her everything she desires. But i got to be careful. Why? Because I know what the grocery bill's coming. What, what do you say? When I'm talking about holy passion, I'm talking about I love her with my heart, my mind, 
and my soul and my body. But I still have to work. I have to leave her presence. I still have to have some me time every once in a while. Right? I, and, and so when I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that you're so caught up in the things of God that you're no earthly good. Now, I, I've never met anybody like that, but, but I've heard about them. You know, I, I know a guy that, he, you know, he went out and made his garage this prayer closet, but then yet didn't do anything with his wife or family, and he was close to God, but lost his family. See, there's got to be that balance. But when, so when I'm talking about going after God with everything that's in you, I'm not talking about being a weirdo. I'm not talking about being in a cult. Right? I'm talking about being balanced. Because can I tell you, the people who, 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 ah, help me Jesus. The people who are unbalanced in their spiritual walk are kooky. They're weird, and I struggle to be around them, man. Oh, let me tell you what the Lord told me today. Okay. And then they tell me, so, and, and I, listen to me, please hear me. I, I know God speaks. Why? Because He does to me. He just doesn't speak to me apparently as much as He does to everybody else. But He don't lie to me as much as He does some folks. Because God's, you know, and some, oh Jesus, I could call this woman's name, but I won't, she don't go here no more. But she, she literally said, Pastor, I just want God so much. I go, oh, that's awesome. She goes, today I was, I was, I was asking God, Lord, do you want me to pray? I want to pray. Do you want me to pray? And man, I wanted to anoint her with a brick. I'm like, you are crazier than a run over dog. And then, so, and you know, you know me, I go, well, what did he say? <laughs> well, yes, he wanted me to pray. I said, you do realize as you talk to him, you were already praying. <laughs> and then, no, I'm not exaggerating. Sherry can tell you. Then she goes, then I asked the Lord, Lord, do you want me to do the dishes? Wow. With everything that God's got going, you had to ask him if he wanted you to do the dishes. And then I asked the Lord, I'm not exaggerating. And then I asked the Lord, Lord, do you want me to use the dishwasher or you want me to wash them by hand? And I wanted to go, are you stupid? Are, are, are you touched? Are you deranged? I mean, come on, somebody. But, but that's what we want. We want to... Uh, If you're not careful, you want God to tell you every little detail so you can blame somebody when it doesn't go your way. And I... God help me. (laughs) The Lord told her to do the... The Lord told her to, to use the dishwasher. When she said, does the Lord want me to, Lord, do you want me to do the dishes? I I said, your husband probably did. (laughs) Listen, and and our church, you guys are incredible. 
I mean, I'm around church. I'm around pastors a lot, and I know pastors who who pastor a very a very small amount of people, and they're fielding phone calls every five minutes, and I'm like, "What are y'all doing?" Well, they had to ask me something. If you have to ask me twenty things throughout the day, then what you've done is place me in the position of God. You don't need a pastor. You need a God. Why? Because I ain't going to tell you everything. And number one, I ain't going to answer your calls. You call me that many times. Unless, you know, you're sometimes nervous. But what I'm trying to say to you is God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you passion. But, and he wants you to come after him with everything that is in you. So there is a war going on over your passions. Now, I'm, I'm going to quit. It's 8 I'm telling you, I looked at my watch. It was like 8.02, and it's been 24 minutes already. I know you're like, it ain't been that way for me, brother. Go ahead and close because <laughs> you about done wore me out. So, so I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to close. I'm going to close. Uh, I have no idea where I was at now, but I'm going to close. That just blew me away. That's, that's the problem with preachers. Oh, there it is. So the war is going on over your passions. So, band, come on back with me. Can I get some singers? I know some of the singers already left. Some of you that are, some of you ain't, what schedule not? Y'all come on up here. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next week here at CRCOG.